0: See?
1: And I'm David Benarique.
0: And welcome to Silhouette's JV Podcast, the deepest dive into Jersey Boys one can ever take. About the Tony take. Ever, ever will take, ever will have taken. took it.
1: Eric, Erica Piccianini. Thank you very
0: much. Both the Tony Award winning Broadway musical and the movie directed by Clint Eastwood. And we've been doing our show for about a year in case you are brand new to watching us. Wow. And in this episode, of course, you are here for the one and only John Lloyd Young, who won the Tony Award for Jersey Boys playing Frankie Valley. And he is here to promote another concert of his. This is actually our second interview with him. Amazing. I went like three, it's two, hopefully I have a third one with him. But this is our <laughs> second interview with John and he is promoting his awesome New concert,
1: solid gold in Las Vegas, where you go for your health. It's going to be solid gold at the Space in Las Vegas, July 9th This seven, upcoming Friday. This upcoming Friday, seven p.m. PST. And this one is different, guys, because it's not going to be on demand. No, no, no. No. Nope. You got to watch it live, whether you're in person at the space or you're watching it on demand. Not, not on demand. I just said no on demand. You're watching <laughs> it at home. Staying at home. John's going to be playing to the camera a little bit. It's going to be a show.
0: Yes, of of disco songs and 80s funk and soul. It's going to be a wonderful time of that era because, of course, things are getting a lot better. And COVID restrictions are being limited, which is good. limiting the restrictions. Pretty cool. And We are coming out of this. We're, yes we're on our way out and they're doing the show in las vegas at full capacity but of course you can watch it at home too which is great so if you go to the space lv you can buy your tickets there it is thirty dollars to watch on live stream and one hundred dollars to watch of course the live stream and attend the after, party, the after party the virtual after party afterwards and today right now as you're watching this on our premiere today is john lloyd young's birthday uh, yes it is july 4th 4th of july of course you
1: know he never has to worry about a party
0: Nope, exactly. He mentioned that. Yes, I was so excited because he added 12 new songs to his repertoire. He has about 80 right now. Literally
1: over 80 songs in his rep.
0: Yes. And here's, here's talk a talk all about cabaret his show.
1: Singer is that style or what?
0: what? Exactly, yeah, I love it. Yes. Love it. <laughs> so you don't want to talk to us anymore, but please stay tuned for this awesome episode. It was great. And of course, the one and only Howard Tucker is joining us. I'm sure many of you are watching this. Thanks to Howard Tucker. Please comment, like, and subscribe because we have so many more fun episodes for you coming soon, meaning next week. So we got you. (laughs) All right, so please enjoy and have a wonderful rest of your day. And if you're watching this on the 4th of July, have a wonderful, safe American time.
1: Welcome. Hi, welcome, How welcome, Silhouette TV hey, podcast <laughs> featuring John Lloyd Young. He's back in the Zoom studio. Um, we got he's got his he's got his next concert coming up soon. Solid Gold um, on uh, Sunday. No. Uh, wow. Wow. OK, um, all right. you,
2: you'll get it. Sorry.
1: I, I trust get you. it. <laughs> oh, thank you. So it's uh, his birthday, though, is, is coming up Sunday.
2: His birthday yes, is coming up birthday. Sunday on
1: July 4th. Happy happy birthday, America. Happy birthday, John Lloyd Young, Thank which you is when this much. episode will be airing. And Gia, it is nice to see you back on the Zoom studio.
0: Yes, you do. I saw you this morning, and now I'm seeing you on the computer. And of course, exactly. Howard Tucker is back with us. We are so excited, Howard talked to John, and Howard has some fun little stories that he wants to share with John too. So Howard, take it away. Okay, I, 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 I think I've a,
2: heard these stories, but I want to hear them again.
3: You oh, no. probably have, but um, I just want to be serious for a minute here. Um, all kidding aside, John, for fifth, the last 15 years, um, so many of my show business memories are have you in them, not only Jersey Boys memories, but a lot of other memories as well. And um, let me summarize a couple of things very quickly. I, this won't take long, I promise. Um, First of all, I'm here for
2: uh, the long haul, Howard.
3: <laughs> first of all, John, every time I send you anything or give you anything a clip, a letter, a card I get an immediate acknowledgement right away. And I think that the cost of the postage that you use to send me those cards. Cost more than the gift cards I've been sending you. Now <laughs> I have I have three frames in my place. I'll show it to G and David the next time they're over, professionally framed with all of your thank you cards. And there oh, are no. three of them that I treasure that are signed. Your fan JLY, and uh, ah. thank thank you for that. Well, um, that was
2: very nice of me. It I appreciate was. that.
3: And and that that. Is the case with you from day one. You're joking around, but I'm serious. That was very nice of you. Well, you're me.
2: you're you're a good guy, Howard, and you've been very kind to me, and I always appreciate and, and I always appreciate I mean, kindness from the everybody. But you, you you you've been particularly is, kind.
3: Thank you, man. The word that the Sorry, it's hard,
2: you know, on these me. Zooms that everyone talks at once. Or, um, so I'll be quiet.
3: <laughs> the word I just have a little bit more here. The word that defines sure. you is respect. Now, also, and um, you know, probably just from meeting you, I think, and I don't think it's worn off, I'm sort of starstruck here. And every time uh, I've seen you in LA and I've been out there a lot, and I think you know that, but you've taken the, the time and I'll give you a Les Mis story in a minute, but you've taken the time to introduce me to a lot of your co-stars and through you, I actually met Theodore Bikel. And you acknowledged me as coming in from New York. Do you remember that? Raised my hand and everyone Mm -hmm. clapped. And um, at the one benefit, I met Tyne Daly. Great story there. I had met her like six years earlier. Hi, Miss Daly. Hi, Howard. And uh, I love that. I met Sally Struthers. I got Mm -hmm. to sing Hawaiian Eye to Connie Stevens. And no, Linda Suhu, not Hawaii Five-0, Hawaiian Eye. (laughs) And uh, I'm sure you know that story. Linda comes up, oh I'm way too young for that, come on Linda. Anyway I sent her a lot of DVDs and she and Warren watched them but um, one of the um, the best things that I remember is when you came out of Les Mis there were a lot of people at the stage door and a few of them pretty famous people and I remember Peter Bergman from The Young and the Restless standing next to me and as you came out hi Howard and that was the first and and W son Garrett Looked at him. Hey, this guy must be important. And uh-huh. um, the other memory, one other memory that comes up is at the brunch last year. And you know it. And I've told this one. You've heard before. When you walked in with Renee, I wasn't up front, but you were the pointed at me. Hey, Howard, we were just talking about you. Now you didn't tell me what you uh-huh. were saying, but you know, I'll. I'll, uh, I'll I'm leave. sure it was good. How uh, <laughs> did that go? Now. Um, Two quick ones, very apropos. This one I think is very apropos. And I don't know if you're gonna remember this because you were a little bit distracted, but it's apropos tonight at the Jersey Boys movie at the premiere. You gave me a giant hug as you always do. And you said, well, Howard, we've come full circle. And my answer to you was, well, not necessarily joy." As Barry Manilow puts it, somewhere down the road, our roads are gonna cross again. We really don't know we really don't know when, um, maybe, um, no, no, I'm stumbling over this. Uh, okay, I, get,
2: I get the gist.
3: No, 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 no. We've got to go. <laughs> maybe we've just begun. Maybe the best is yet to come. And that was seven years ago. And, um, now may well now we even haven't come full circle. So, um, and, I think we're uh, just
2: going around in circles and, uh, and like bouncing into each other, sort of like, you know, Heavenly bodies in space. And Looks wow. like you've got some wow. heavenly bodies behind you there.
3: Oh well, uh, that's because you. So you wouldn't see the mess behind me. And, oh yeah. Uh, just uh, just two other very quick strategy. When you and I broke bread at the Cosmic Diner, and I think you probably remember that. Mm, you mm-hmm. actually. She asked me so many questions about my life and where I went to school and my career and my upbringing, and my parents. And then at the end, I, I wanted, I said to you, well, John Lloyd, it was wonderful talking about our lives. And I thought you were going to say to me, what do you mean talking about our lives? We talked about your life, but you didn't. And, um, and then the last one to paraphrase, um, you and I have been through a lot, um, but what was the best? All of it was great. But the best was when it was all in front of us and you and I met at Junior's restaurant, you mm. gave me a big hug and a, pig, pic, and, a, and a picture and I had a nice big piece of cheesecake. And um, after, after all these years, Sean, um, this, I think you've thanked me over and over again, but being here tonight with you on the podcast is probably the best thank you you could give me. So not to well, embarrass I'm- you, but thank you, man.
2: I'm always glad to see you, and I'm looking forward to the, you know, now that we're emerging from this uh, cave that we've all been in, you know, looking forward to, to seeing you in person again. We, yeah. just like always, big, big hug. I'm sure now we okay. can do that now safely, I, right?
3: I've got to, You've got to tell me how to lose twenty pounds before I see you. You know, the Pritikin, to to... the
2: Pritikin diet, or
3: it's been you're around not since the be 70s. Able to Get your arms around me.
2: I'm telling you, the Pritikin diet.
3: What, about- is, what is that diet?
2: Well, it's sort of like Noom has sort of ripped off Pritikin because it's basically the same. Pritikin has been around since the 70s. It was started in California. And it's all about calorie d- density. As long as whatever you're eating is l- less than 600 calories per pound, you can eat as much of it as you want. Oh, and so oh it's just the, But every ingredient that you put together has to be by itself has to be under 600 calories per pound. So that basically you can eat all fruits and vegetables as much as you want, as much as you want. You could like eat watermelon all day and don't worry about the sugar and whole grains and legumes and beans. And um, what is it? Uh, yeah. So, I, I, but as in all combinations and as much as you want, that's the thing is that you don't have to count calories. You just eat as much as you want. No meat, no eggs. You could mm. eat egg whites, you need okay. a tiny bit of meat, but you you know, look it up. It's a it's very famous, it's very famous and they give it all to you. They give it all away on their website. Look, you don't even have to subscribe like you do with really? Noom. Noom gives it out to you little, little by little, but it's basically the same thing. i sorry, Noom. I, I don't mean to, you know, sink your boat, but yeah
3: anyway i know you i didn't i
2: know you didn't really mean that like literally but i'm telling you literally you know like californian for a long time we think right. about these things all the time <laughs> all the
0: time yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, n- well now we know thank you so much i never heard of that before the only things i really knew were the like the um like the richard simmons diets and things like that but
2: there's there's yeah. also this yep. the, the, you don't the have to think diet. about that stuff yet you're young enough you don't have to think about that stuff yet
0: hopefully not like us
2: right howard you know
3: right no anyway there's there's also the the seafood diet for the heads up john
0: john you're so you have a really big birthday coming up on sunday 45 how do you feel
2: well it's actually 46 but it's okay Um, so so it's actually just like a nothing birthday but it's still a birthday and that's a you know i'm glad to have made it to another birthday after what we just saw,
0: yeah, yes,
2: <laughs> you know. Yes. But thank you. It's going to be exciting. You know, I never really have to worry about about July Fourth because it's always a party, no matter what. So right. whether I have plans or not, it's so it's always a festive day, and I always feel satisfied um, with mm-hmm. my birthday. So wow. I'm glad, uh, you know, to be safe and healthy and uh, ha- engaging with friends just two days before, like you guys, and great, great, um, and then you know. I got a lot of work to do because I have a brand new set that I've been working on for a
1: a week from there. There is—I couldn't help thinking about this. (laughs) Going to kill me. This is a strip club in Miami, right near where (laughs) I live.
3: Yeah, Solid
1: Gold. Well, my my friend, when I was younger, maybe in third grade, my mom was driving me and a friend home. And he used to, and this guy was bragging how his dad got kicked out of the strip club named Solid Gold.
2: (laughs) Well, you know, I bet you, I bet you that that, that the Solid Gold kind of that I'm referring to was around before that strip club. And, you know, there was actually a TV show called Solid Gold. And I
3: remember that, of course.
2: Yeah. It had a lot of, you know, disco and gold lame and terry cloth, you know, headbands and stuff and a certain style and certain type of music, a certain time period. And the reason that I wanted to do that kind of material now is because things are sort of opening up and it's a celebratory time. And, there, you know, another you guys are too young, but I'm oh, sure you on, know oh, 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 that the, the early 70s was a really was a really tough time you know, that we had, uh, come out of Vietnam and had Watergate and, uh, recession and like the oil crisis. You couldn't get yeah. gas. Yeah. There were gas lines, you know, so it was a really tough time in the end of the seventies, mid to late seventies, you know, we started to see disco and all these, you know, it was like kind of tacky, but wonderful at the same time. <laughs> and the music was really fun. And so, um, I thought it would be really fitting to do, uh, sort of a a disco ball kind of celebration kind of set as we come out of this really difficult time so that's why I chose it and it's and it's there's not going to be any sort of like navel gazing or any of that kind of depressive stuff it's going to be really just and it's also there's really cool stuff for um for the instruments to do and this will be the first time that I have a full band in a year and a half I'm bringing my Las Vegas band back together. I've even hired a horn player.
1: Yes, If things work out, you, think you, you
2: know, like that. <laughs> um. Well, I've got a tenor sax that's going to be joining us because the because a lot of those songs from the '70s have a that sound, and I wanted to have that. So Beautiful. it's going to be a, a kind of a reunion, and I'm going to have live people in the audience, like a, a full audience, and it's going to be a hybrid of a full audience and. Uh, Um, and a live stream the same time which will also be a first so that that's exciting because everybody can be there who wants to be there whether they can physically be there or not they can still be a fly on the wall you know and i'll be playing that's that
1: and that that's awesome i mean you, you had you had um live audience at your last show also right
2: right but without streaming so that was a sort of the old way the old-fashioned way I played uh, Michael Feinstein's new club in um in Indiana which is isn't that interesting that there's a new club coming online after the pandemic like it's so that that's very exciting that there's a new club to you know for live music um after everything we've been through but um but that was just for a live audience so this so you know you either were there or you had to, or you missed it. So, but this one is anyone can watch, which is really exciting in real time too, because we're not putting it on demand afterwards. So you either watch it, sorry, I've kicked myself. You either watch it while we're doing it or you, or, you know, you lose out. And, but the good thing is that this is the first time I'm doing this set, which means I could do it elsewhere. This is just the big kickoff of these things, you know, and that this is like a, There's even a Frankie Valli disco era song in there for, I know you guys would be interested in that. And I'm not telling you which one it is, but you know, Frankie (laughs) Valli or leisure suits and bell bottoms and, you know, polyester suits. He, he had his period, his seventies period.
1: Oh my God. When when he um, he, he used to wear that white suit and he had that long, it had that long um, hair. Oh my. I think it was, I think it was during the, he did that, he did that live album. Which starts off with "Who loves you"? He's he's wearing that. Oh my God! That's uh, well. Who loves amazing. you
2: is actually who. Who loves you is that era. Is def- yeah, course,
1: it's definitely a, yeah. It's definitely. A dis- yeah. It's definitely a disco. What's what's so, what's so I mean, amazing about yeah. the disco era? I love the strings. Those yeah. moving string lines. The heart, I, man. It's I that. really I really love those moving. We were we were just listening well, to.
2: It was oh, right, right ahead of synthesizers. Yes. It was right ahead of that. So you actually had fully orchestrated, you know, um, mainstream kind of for its time, it was cool music, you know, it was hip music for its time, you know, and then, but it was using live acoustic instruments. So I think the Moog synthesizer was what, late 70s? Do you know, Howard? Do you remember? That Moog might've been late 60s. So
3: yeah, yeah,
2: I'm, I'm, but they around. used a lot of live instruments nothing was sampled like it is now it's and, and, like if you hear a live instrument now it's like amazing and, you know, you know?
3: And, and um you know yeah. i had i had two um you know just very loose disco suggestions here i, I actually had some suggestions of songs i wanted to hear and i want to hear
2: them because it's too late <laughs> for me to work them up because it's a week from now and i've been like Learning well, lyrics, like I think 12 of this of the songs are brand new for me. So
3: well, I've been uh, like, really
2: studying, but uh, but I want to hear because maybe I chose them too.
3: Well, my disco suggestions, I'm not a huge disco fan and it's I'm not all disco
2: by the way too like there's it's that well, era i
3: had a bunch of the, the, others too but my two discos yeah. were casey and the sunshine band my favorite one is keep it coming love i know their big one was get down tonight and the other one was barry white's my first my last my everything I think be oh. terrific at that yeah And 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 then uh, I had a little bit of country in there, not really disco, if I can, from the early '70s too. Lynn Anderson's Rose Garden, which Joe South wrote for a male, with you know you you got to have big diamond rings. And then I had a couple of others, not really discos there. Charlie Pride, Kiss an Angel, Good Morning, and um, Charlie Rich, The Most Beautiful Girl Behind Closed Doors. I think a medley would be great. And Ray Price's For the Good Times. (laughs) and um, well i mean those are all
2: good suggestions and the and definitely uh you definitely won't be displeased because uh, some of them are right in the same wheelhouse as some of the songs that i chose chosen. so we're, we're definitely we're definitely right we're on the same wavelength and here can
3: i give you one stylistics please because you mentioned that on the call me adam interview one of my yeah. favorite songs in the world but it only got to number 10 and by the way, the disco things that I gave you, I don't know what you qualify as solid gold, but KC hit number two and so did Barry White with Lynn Anderson, number three, Ray Price, number 11, et cetera. But the stylist mm-hmm. is my favorite one Is I'm stone in love with you. But the problem with you is I wish I were a great big movie star, but you're already a movie star. So it's not really applicable. <laughs> I'm stoned in love with you, right? And falsetto. I started with- in a movie.
2: Yeah, that's, if that makes you a movie star, then I'll, I'll take it. But yeah,
3: <laughs> but um, I, you're always yeah, nice I, to me, Howard. <laughs> I, I I really would love to hear you do that. And of course, the ones that you've already done, which were um, Lou Christie, although these were sixties, Lou Christie's Lightning Strikes and Ruby and the Right. Right, and
2: those will come. Those will come back into the rotation now. It's just that now I'm going to have a whole, a whole show's worth of other songs in my repertoire, which is. Right at least 80 songs cool. at this point yeah, you know so good. i have i have a lot of choice, a lot of different sets i could come up with and you know going forward
3: i'm going to mail you all my suggestions here and of course the reason <laughs> that i sent you that book you know that is yeah, there'll be, there'll yeah, yeah. the romantics hey there lonely boy number 23. Yep. not eddie holman's hey there lonely girl number, <laughs> <laughs> number
2: <Yep>. two <10. laughs> well i keep i i keep a uh, not just your suggestions, but I keep a whole list of suggestions that I get from people, and um, and you know sometimes it takes a little while, but a, a lot of them end up in in the sets because they're good ideas, you know. So um, yeah, I'll take I'll I'll definitely well, put those in my book. Thank
3: you for give it. And I think it also sound great on with bread, you know. David Gates, make it with mm-hmm. you if I, I yeah. Both yeah yeah of them yeah, number yeah yeah one and number four.
2: yeah 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 you guys, the early Jersey Boys fans have been suggesting if forever, you know, so that's, that's been on my list. And I don't know why I haven't done it Beautiful
3: song. Mm -hmm. If I can touch you once again, that's how it ends. And um, I'd also like you to, I think it'd be great with some Barry Manilow. I write the songs, I think it's terrific. And and my two favorites, (laughs) even now, which only got to number 19. And then of course, somewhere down the road, which got to number 20 well I mean
2: those are all good (laughs) suggestions but you know and I've got I've got some of my own ideas yes, this is so amazing
1: you're doing you're doing your concert on your birthday not many artists get to celebrate you know their birthdays in concert or dedicate a whole show you know Sondheim did it so good
2: company yeah I mean it's kind of it's kind of a little bit disingenuous to say it's my birthday concert. It's just I just know that with the, my, my fans who are going to travel to see it, they, they're not going to see me on my actual birthday on July 4th. So they're going to want to wish me a happy birthday when they see me just five days later. So sure. it's, it's kind of that. But really what I was saying earlier about um, us coming out of the pandemic is the bigger co- and seeing the world open up again is the bigger cause for celebration and uh, the birthday thing is just like me being cute you know
0: so. <laughs> your fans are your friends you know on your facebook page yeah, you know, yeah. and friends and the fact that you're even listening to suggestions and, I, and you actually write them down yeah. a lot of artists don't do that they're just like yeah i got my own thing don't worry about it if you like it you like it if not not my problem you know but that's that's well like attitude. i keep
2: i keep stuff i keep the suggestions and you know, Andy Warhol said that, um, uh, I, I'm, I'm blanking now, I had it, but it's said some quotation, Andy Warhol, that, it, that a, a, a good idea can come from anywhere. Right. And, but that again, he, but on the other side, he said, a lot of people will tell you what to do, but if it doesn't feel right for you, don't do it. And so right. um, I can see how, you know, even Sinatra, someone, I think Mia Farrow at one point suggested a song to him, you know, in, in his era everyone was covering each other's songs. If it was a good song, a lot of the major singers would cover it. And there was one song and it was sort of like, I I don't remember exactly, but I think it was like an unlucky in love sort of lyric and, and Sinatra acknowledged that it was a good song, but he said, if I can't feel it, I can't sing it. And so uh, he never covered that one. I I wish I remembered which, which one it was, but that doesn't matter so much. What's um, that Howard?
3: I, you know, I was going to ask you another birthday question. It's too late for this year, but on the call me Adam interview, you said ID channel was your favorite, but on a couple of uh, calls again, I sent you a whole package of forensic file DVDs. Did you get those? Okay. <laughs> no so now way. I have I, yeah. to, I I've got, well, it's true. Amazon delivers the next day. So maybe I could still make it.
0: Oh, that's a great gift. All the forensic files. That's amazing. I need to, watch I mean,
2: that. Yeah, especially when I'm working on art. And I found this out too, this interesting, like when I'm working on artwork, I listen to true crime and mm. uh, podcasts and stuff like that or have forensic files on the background, whatever. But there's a lot of artists do that, listen to true mm-hmm. crime while they work. A lot of painters. I didn't know that. I kind of find out on Clubhouse, going huh. into like the the art chat rooms. I don't do Clubhouse oh, now. I, I got sick of it, But um, mm-hmm. but I... You know, I was, I was surprised at how many people that's what they, well, uh, you gotta do the math. It's on like 24 hours a day on HLN forensic files. It it obviously is very popular. There's a lot of people who are into true crime, but
3: a member of clubhouse. John uh yeah but
2: i don't i i don't go on it anymore I, in fact i just i'll probably delete the app and just haven't gotten we're, to it
1: we're, we're we're kind of the same way though we're kind
0: uh, of yeah way. john i i don't blame you for going off of it i haven't been on it a months. lot
2: of it's a lot of bloviating is what yes. it is you know Blo- Perfect or maybe, i don't know it's like a it's like a conference with a lot of a lot of seminars I don't want to attend. So, right. you
0: know. exactly. <laughs> anyway, well, thankfully they're free. You don't have to fly to middle of Kansas for it. I remember I, I did that for one conference, and I'm like, I don't need to be here. For, uh, overall, preface everything with your birthday. Um, well, we have to say, you know, everything dropped away, and all there was was the music, and that's what you're doing. And I, it's just so exciting that you're that you're adding new songs to your repertoire. Um, but d- do you know the top songs that that were on like on your birthday? Like on July fourth, nineteen seventy-five. Did you ever look the yeah, up before? I,
2: yeah, I think. I think it was. You light it up happened. my life. Not was it? that
0: one? So you know, I, I do. Yes. So it was oh. "Love Will Keep Us Together" by oh. Captain. Which is totally yeah. your essence, John. Like that's what you do. Your love keeps I, I love you together that. With all your fans. Yeah, yeah, that was number one. Well, song I do in know. US. You know.
2: I know the Broadway trip, you know, the whiz was best musical of the year I was born, you know? Right. So
1: yes.
0: I know
2: the Broadway <laughs> still more than the pop. I, Cause I started yeah. as a Broadway baby and then right. was right. off to the retro pop races because, just right. because of, it was just the luck of the draw that my first big Broadway role was playing a sixties icon. So um, I learned that stuff later, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. Another mm-hmm. question. Let's
0: yeah. go. Sure. Okay. <laughs> Well do do you want to hear the rest of the number ones just, just so you know them? It could be fun. For
2: 1975?
0: Yeah. Again, you so with was I think we sure. an RB as well. So Slippery yep. and Wet by the Commodores, that was the number one RB song. The UK yep. number one, I'm not in love. That that, that yep. very like snow. Well, 10 yeah.
3: wow. Yeah, mm-hmm. Tennessee.
0: yep. Um, country song Lizzie and the Rain Man and number one dance song, Jackson Five Forever came today
3: oh wow and of
0: course oh what a night premiered the year in 1975 so well
3: where was the hustle the hustle was with love will keep us together Mm -hmm. and um that was number one for one week and then love will take keep us together took over and was number one for four weeks on billboard okay
0: yeah so it must have been may or june there you go and
3: and the other big one from JLY's year that and it's one of my suggestions here was morris albert's feelings that was feeling oh my god you remember that
2: i do remember that whoa 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 feelings yeah little little sappy for my taste by today's standards that from like for me to sing it or to cover it but that was a huge that was a big hit i remember it
0: yeah yeah well have you watched wandavision no, I
2: haven't watched it yet, but I know it's like, it's a big, it's a big one now, right now. It
0: is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So if, if you do, it, of course it goes like by decade with all the sitcoms. And there's a, sev- of course there's a seventies theme song. If you listen to it, I really think you'll like it. I just want you to check it out. I'll, I'll send you a link if you want. All right. I'll it's, let it's, you it's really know. Good. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's adorable. And yes, Divi, Well, David has a question about a follow-up from your last concert. And okay. Yeah,
3: you
1: ask the piano yeah so yeah, so when 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 we were watching the concert, we noticed that Tommy was playing on that that grand piano, but it looked like there was a keyboard, they took out the soundboard and they put a keyboard inside.
2: He's playing a Nord. Right, that, I, I, it,
1: that was the Nord, that yeah, keyboard. It's
2: laid <laughs> it's laid inside something that's like a case that looks like a grand piano. That's, so, but the but the Nord lives in the in the you know inside it. That's
1: amazing. Uh, I'm just, not just sure so exactly
2: he... why it's like that way, but yeah, he's actually playing a Nord.
1: That that's 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 what I thought. I, I I imagine it's because maybe he wants to get some other sounds. He can have some other sounds accessible to him, but to still that's why have he plays that... the Nord.
2: Yeah, yeah. And then that, in this one, I... in this one we have coming up, he's gonna play a Nord, and then he has little like keyboards that have their own okay. that have a bunch of sounds in them so that we can do yeah. um like those string sounds that you said you liked and we do some right. some uh synth sounds and and sort of fill out uh the the songs according to what they kind of require because we've got some really like really great malefious malef- like soul and some um there's a lot of different sounds but they're all that era of the solid gold era and of course disco is the most famous of those kind of Movements, but yeah, there's, there's going to be a lot of sounds.
1: How did you come up with the idea to have this whole disco era show?
2: I was I was in Portland, Oregon on an art retreat. You know, planning new artwork.
3: Oh, and okay.
2: sometimes when you do sort of an artistic retreat, uh, what you intend what you intend doesn't actually come to pass. Other things do. Sure. So I was, you know, having some good. Oregon edibles and uh, <laughs> and you know and 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 you know sketching in my art journal I filled the whole journal I had a lot of ideas and everything but what really came out practically out of that retreat what I came out with was a set list of I was you know listening to some music or whatever and I thought you know this is this solid gold idea this is this is an era that you that i should probably sing because i can hit those notes and it's it's a the next stage in falsetto singing after what frankie was doing in the early days and um and so i was like well i love these songs i'm listening to why don't i sing them and some of them are you know some of the songs i'm singing are female artists from that period then i never considered singing their songs and so i put together this set list that came with you know about twice the length of what it's going to be now and um you know i came out with that concept and so what was a visual art retreat actually engendered a, a new concert
3: i should have worn my john lloyd young art t-shirt i have a beautiful yellow t-shirt <laughs> and it's still well it still fits it is a triple x but um, can can we ask who are the real disco artists that you really like? You know, maybe the female artists. I mean, Donna Summer, of course, was a big one.
2: Yeah. But, um, um.
3: Without giving away your set, can you? Well, um, you know,
2: like Yvonne Elliman and. Oh um, yes. yeah, you
3: did love, um, love that song. Yeah.
2: What's her name? <laughs> Stephanie Mills, who I was.
0: that. Uh, uh, yes. you're reading my mind. Yeah. Oh, okay. I right. all. Yes. But I never I'm. You know, I'm not
2: like nec- Not necessarily saying I'm doing their stuff, right, right, but those right, were you right, know. Right. Right. But I was I was listening to those sort of things when I came up with this concept of doing this concert and also to, to place it at a time because at that point when I was doing that art retreat it wasn't certain that things were going to open up, but I sort of had it in my journals and sort of in my mind this is what the concert I want to give when things open, and so now they are so now we're doing it
0: when you were thinking back on all these songs that you love, do you tend to fixate on one song and you just want to play it in your head for the next 10 hours of the day? Is that, do you tend to do that with music? Uh, I used to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I
2: used to. Now, mostly it happens when I'm working on something, you know, that, especially when it's got a complicated lyric or something that I'm not, you know, it's still, it's the, the phrases still are kind of going in my mind when I'm going about the day or doing other things so it's almost like subconsciously it's working on me, and it's working itself up whether I intend to focus on it or not. So that's usually the earworms I have are things I'm working
3: on. Wow! Can you give give an indication of what song with me for years? MacArthur Park goes through my mind yes. over and over and over. The Richard Harris version, that's, rather than the Donna Summer version. Oh, but, um, yeah, So
2: for me, it's the Donna Summer version because I was right. you know used to listen. To her albums, um, in when I was an undergrad, so I used to listen to her a lot. And Earth, I, Wind, and Fire, you know, good yeah, sounds. I feel
1: like pl- playing Frankie Valley and realizing that you have that—not um, only that—that that, that falsetto, but the, just being able to sing in that upper range opens a whole new door for you to just sing songs that you, you would have never thought that you would be able to sing.
2: You bet and it does. so it's
1: it's 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 really yeah. cool to 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 and i i love what you said about it's like the next level falsetto because it's so true right. like you you think about the the bgs and all, all the stuff that that they were doing and it's that it's still just just as impactful as you know what what frankie was doing in, you know in his prime yeah
2: i mean it's it moved forward you know and so it was the next iteration of it right um I also have just found after playing Frankie Valley now years ago, that when I'm called upon to sing songs from that era, I like the soul and the R&B and the black groups. And I like, because because I'm a melodist and a vocalist, I like to sing what I think is the best material. And it just so happens that my tastes that I think that's the best material. And so, um, and so I end up singing a lot of soul and a lot of R and B and stuff like that. And I think that, um, you know, I'm I'm paying homage to excellence by emulating or, you know, or doing those songs, or even in my originals that I write with Tommy, um, you know, far less of those than the ones that the things that I cover, but those, those end up, um sort of maybe not so accidentally being, being um in the, in the same kind of style, although they're contemporary songs that we just, you know, we wrote recently. Yeah. So it's a, it's an interesting um, dynamic. Cause it's, it's going to be a lot of, a lot of R&B and funk and stuff like that in this, yeah. in this set. I, I, I and love that's the thing when I can choose my own material, you know, I don't have to stick to because I played a certain singer singing his stuff. Although you, you'd be, maybe not so surprised, but like all these years later, there's still, sometimes I get a call to just go and sing Frankie Valley stuff for like a private Mm -hmm. thing or whatever. And I'm like, you know, I used to resist it years ago. I mean, I'm talking like a decade ago. I used to resist it. I feel like I need Mm -hmm. to be known for doing other things, but, um, not for those paychecks (laughs) (laughs)
3: like
2: like, high class problem. (laughs) I'm happy to do it. Have you done, now
3: have you done Mon i'm girl? smarter i got smarter oh, my <laughs> girl is my favorite r&b from that era in uh. 64 have you done yep. that
2: yeah okay. um it's but it's been on my it's on it's been on my short list okay um but i usually choose things that are a little harder to sing than that because i can sing them i can still sing them at this age or oh, whatever yeah. younger right. because i can mm-hmm. sing things that are harder i usually choose that not to show off but because i want to um i I want to use it while I got it.
0: so how, how did you go about structuring your show? like is Is it more like chronological or is it more like with just within the beats and how you go from a disco song to a more r and b song?
2: Right. I've learned over the years how to structure a set for yeah. dynamics, you know um, and it's it's more of an alchemy or like an intuition thing now. Um, so I can tell without even being able to really sit here sit here and like and run it down for you. I can feel my way through a set and I can tell we need this here. And and this, this one needs to shift up to here or whatever, just from doing it all these years in front of audiences, I kind of know how to build the flow. So, Mm -hmm. um, one of the fun things that I'm doing this time is that I'm giving, I'm throwing more than usual to the band, you know, to, um, to let them do like a, uh, there were a lot of really kind of like Maynard Ferguson and some, some of these figures back then that were, there were some instrumental, there were some instrumental hits that didn't even have a singer on them. And so I, I, um, and, but that were very of the period, right. So, movie themes and things like that, that are, that just yes. really put you in the mood. So I'm throwing to the band a few, a few numbers that, you know, so they could be like at a high point and then I can come in on their tails with a ballad or something and it will, it would work. Um, So I've uh, structured it in a way that I think is really, it's enjoyable for me. And if usually if it's enjoyable for me, it's also enjoyable for an audience because we're not really that different from each other, you know, Um,
1: a certain flow
2: kind of works So
1: Have you ever shifted a set in the middle of a show?
2: Um, yeah. Well, but yeah, but not for a good reason. I mean, one, I was doing a benefit in, in DC for some friends and uh, you know, I've, I learned the hard way in DC, no one pays attention to the band. No one pays attention they, because in DC, everyone is schmoozing everybody. It's a, mm-hmm, it's a yeah. schmoozy town. So even your best friends can be sitting there that, like, you, you know, you think respect you and they're going to be talking each other up. Like while you're, it's like, you're a wedding band, you know? So I learned, I was doing some ballads and things in this thing that was like in the middle. I was like, cut the ballads, cut this one, cut this one, jump to this one, you know, telling Uh the band as we were doing it, because we, we realized in the midst of it, that it wasn't what, it wasn't going to be a polite audience that was just sitting there and listening. So, you know, all these different things that you do live over the years, you know, I got involved with the Obamas by doing a living room concert on embassy row to karaoke tracks. I mean, I've really? had the humblest to the like to 17,000 people at the Hollywood Bowl. Like I've been in every scenario. So basically whatever's thrown at me, I know I can deal with it. You know, that's just experience and that's just age. You know, I think that anyone, I mean, and then people like twice my age or three times my age, you know, twice my age like frankie you know there's there's not many people who are three times my mm. age now at this age
3: <laughs> there's not any people
2: who so, are three times the my
3: instrumentals age. could i give you two of my favorites from that era yeah uh, chariots sure. of fire i love that yeah. oh, uh, yeah. and uh grayson in the grass oh yep. nice those Chari- were two
2: chariots best. in the fire is a little later than most of the material 1980- i'm doing this set wow.
3: that was in 1982 yep. With Sherry, okay. yep.
2: I remember that very well. It was great. Yeah.
0: When, when I look back at, at a lot of '70s music, for some reason, I think that they're '80s songs, but they're from either the the really early '70s or the late '70s. I always think of Ambrosia. Were you an Ambrosia fan?
2: I don't think so. I mean, I
3: mm-hmm.
2: I probably know if I hear this the music. That's the other thing is that a lot of stuff like I don't always know the lyrics to a song that I love because I'm melody first I've always right. been that way uh-huh. and I don't always know the group but I always know the song so I mean I was you know some of the things I choose I have to learn the lyric like from scratch even though I've loved the mm-hmm. song my whole life I've loved the melody my whole life there you
3: go right yeah, yeah I don't I don't know them either Gia I don't know Ambrosia <gasps> oh um, my gosh oh, they had one they had one huge hit in '78. Oh, two huge hits how Much I Feel that got to number mm-hmm. three and The Biggest Part of Me, which I have heard that also got to yeah. number three. Okay, I know that. And, mm-hmm. and, um, and then they had one at 13, You're the Only Woman, and yeah. one at 17, Holding On to Yesterday. But I'm not familiar with that either. And I used to get Billboard and Cashbox and Record World every week and look at the charts. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't really remember Ambrosia. I, I just don't know if they were really played that much on ABC Radio.
0: Okay, mm-hmm. I wonder,
3: well, I, I got into them when I was listening to Casey Kasem
0: on on Sirius because they, they keep replaying all the Casey. And,
3: um, let me I, I want to just tell a personal story to one of the songs I have for john and this is sort of a bittersweet one for me is Harry Chapin cats in the cradle. And I was yeah, actually I love acknowledged on Casey Kasem as cats in the cradle, a long distance dedication to my late father. He had been gone about six years and every so often on repeats, this happened about three years ago, someone will trace down Howard J. Tucker, you know, in New York and apparently there are two CPAs and, um, you know, they've gotten hold of me and either a phone call or a letter, but, um, you know, I have that on DVD. Someone had stolen the tape in my car and I called up Casey or didn't call, but I wrote them and they gave it back to me, but I'll play that for you the next time we're together. so very- well, I know that
2: very well. I mean, it's, that's part of my tapestry of my childhood is that song, so yeah, I know it very well.
3: Have you, well, a Taxi is a very long song and i, I don't never know that heard...
2: one. No, i mean i'm if i heard it i might know it that's the thing is that like a lot of these things if i hear them i know them but it's because they're a little bit ahead of my time or they were hits when i was really little and then they because they were hits they were kind of around as i was growing so they they were familiar to me taxi you know?
3: i believe was 72 and um and, so that sequel, was, and yeah. sequel was 80 that predates course... my birth but thank you for letting me share that. Course, yeah. Well,
0: when John is back in New York at 54 below, hopefully we can all
3: get together and we could jam. Oh my god. Oh, you <laughs> ever going to Lincoln Center again? I thought that was a wonderful, wonderful concert. That was your first after you left Jersey Boys. Yeah. And it's yeah. also also a very funny story with that if you remember. When Audrey Rockman opened the emergency door and the alarm went off, you know, and, and about 20 security guards came up you know, to the room, the after party. And it was very funny. But anyway, I remember well, you the, guys are troublemakers. I remember <laughs> your, <laughs> your concert there and it was wonderful. And I remember when you did lightning strikes and went into the falsetto and in the middle of the song, you got a standing ovation. And that usually never happens. It always happens at the right. end of the song. I think that's the first time I saw in the middle of a song getting an ovation. Yeah, well,
2: as you all know, you know, with the Jersey Boys phenomenon, especially the beginning was that, we got really spoiled thinking that people was standing up in the middle of songs it like it's a normal thing. But, right. you know, and, and when I started to do Can't Take My Eyes a Few in concerts outside of the show, it was a little bit of adjustment, an adjustment mm-hmm. to not have people stand up in the middle of it. But it's because, you yeah. know, the placement of that song in the story of the show is, has, you've earned all of this emotional high point like leading up and in a a concert when it's just one song among other songs no matter how great the song is that doesn't happen the same way so that was an adjustment
3: for me your, your reaction on stage and how many times did i see you maybe 20 25 your reaction was terrific where you put your hand on your heart and that just increased the applause and, um, you know, well, and you know, and you do it like right under your chest. In here.
2: the beginning, oh, it was them. in the beginning, it was total sincerity and actual the real the actor actually really experiencing this, you know, because yeah. unemployed actor for years and then you're doing this big Broadway show and it's very parallel to what Frankie's going through. And you you experienced like you're the everything you've always wished for is happening. So in the beginning, that was very sincere. And then like any other good actor. And you bottle the sincerity that you find and yeah. replicate it for the rest, whether you're feeling it or not. I mean, there were some nights where I, my hand was to my chest with total humility, and I'm thinking, well, what am I going to buy at the deli on my way home tonight? You know, so, uh,
3: the, you know, you remember, I don't want to
2: be irreverent, but that's, uh, that's, that's the way the, the cookie way, crumbles.
3: The people. one that I, I remember most is a, a, a song that didn't get off the ground. So 3 million copies. And when I was there, a lot of the times I started the applause and you know went through mm-hmm. the theater, but that was one that sometimes got full applause and sometimes didn't.
2: You know, the not so successful shows pay people like you to start applause.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> we got you for free. You know, that's like what a privilege,
3: so you know, but the audience reaction was different in, in um, you know, a lot of times to a lot of the, um, you know, the different things. So, um, but I remember that and, you know, I also remember, and I wish the song had gotten higher. I really do Fallen Angel, it only got to number 38. Hmm. Um, and it wasn't really all that popular. I mean, it followed, you know, um, swear a God then our day will come and I think Fallen Angel was next. swearin to God. Oh. Yeah, Come on. I mean, Howard. That is a disco. That's, How, that's, Howard,
2: that's a, it had its day once. Jersey Boys, you know, Jer- Jersey Boys gave it another life, didn't it? Right.
3: Exactly. Have you? Well, well, you know, for me, it was really something, and it was the first time I had heard that in years, and it was the very first show that I saw Fallen with Fallen Angel, and I just had this vision of my parents sort of meeting each other, Aww. you know, if you will, and um, actually. I'm glad the theater was dark because I didn't really cry on my eyes adored you, but I did start crying on fallen angel. I thought that was so touching, but have you, has that been requested since? I don't think I've ever heard, I've heard you or any other Frankie, if you will do fallen angel.
2: It, You know, it, you mean in my concerts?
3: Yes. Mm-hmm. No,
2: I, I don't choose that one because I don't know why I don't choose that. You know, I, for the longest time I wasn't doing, you know, it's so weird. You get, you get like, you know, like people get institutionalized in a way you could kind of, you get, you you don't realize that you have other choices, you know? So I was so far down the Jersey boys rabbit hole and the structure of that show that I wouldn't do my eyes adored you in my concerts because I thought of as a quintet but it's actually <laughs> a, a, a solo number. So now I do it. Okay. And it's, you know, it's one of the most popular uh, tracks on the whole album of Jersey um, boys. And, and it's a Frankie Valley solo number. So when I'm doing my solo concerts, which I've been doing for 15 years now I do it, but I didn't for the longest time because I was institutionalized and thinking, Oh, Oh, that's not a solo number. Well, yeah, it is. So that's one that's one that i do and, oh. and i, and I kind of like that one better than fallen angels so i choose to do that one it's a good song and i've sung it a few
0: Thousands thousand of times, times right yeah.
2: <laughs> just not in my own concerts
1: so. exactly have you, have you ever wanted to do like a frankie reunion cabaret show with different frankies that are living out west you know like travis or any of them living out there
2: i think that'd be so cool No, because i don't because I don't think of us as Frankie's I think of us as Travis Cloer and John Lloyd Young and I don't think of us as Frankie's you know not to be disrespectful but um, no not at all I don't think that 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 concept is something that sort of more benefits Jersey Boys Mm -hmm. the entity entity of Jersey Boys so I could see them doing that reuniting they call us Frankie's because that that fits their that's their perspective on us, but where our perspective is, we were actors who played Frankie. You know, that's one role that I played in my life, and clearly, sure. well, like you, Al Pacino in you know, The Godfather Three that yeah. they keep pulling me back in, you know. Again, but exactly. you know, <laughs> I don't want to get away from it, yeah. but I, but yeah. I'm, but I, but Frankie Valley is Frankie Valley, so I don't look in the mirror and think, Frankie Valley, how could I? He's still around. So, um, Big it's time. just a role I play. I don't want yes. to, to great acclaim. And I'll love that that happened. You know, I wouldn't wish that my life went any other way, but it's just, but for me it has to be just a role I play. Cause I can't be him. Mm-hmm. He's him. And yeah, he likes sure. it that way. I guarantee you. Like you. It that way. Damn right <laughs> he does. <laughs> I know. Solo. Don't get me started. I have stories, but he, he likes
0: it.
2: <laughs> he deserves oh. to.
0: Of course. Yeah. Oh, I wish we had. He doesn't look in the mirror stories. and see
2: John Lloyd Young.
3: He looks <laughs> in the mirror and sees
2: Frankie Valley. So right. I shouldn't look in the mirror and see Frankie Valley. I should see me.
3: Right? Absolutely. Yes. Only fair. I want to mention something about the Zoom call, which I'll just take a second. You got to thank Linda Suhu for putting that together before and after all your concerts. It, it's absolutely yeah. wonderful that we can. Yeah, I, I hear that you guys people. really,
2: I hear that it's like the, the analog for the junior's cheesecake coffee clutch that you usually <laughs> had before pandemic. So thank you, Linda Suhu, for that. Of
0: course you are a seasoned concert performer and producer, of course. So would you ever want to direct other performers, cabaret shows or concerts?
2: Um, when I've done master classes or things like that, I'm, I'm usually good at it, but I don't think of it as something that I would do. So I, it would probably be something that someone asked me to do. And I have the time and the inclination and, I think I might end up being good at it, but I've, it's yeah. it's not something to think about outside of those random, you know,
0: mm-hmm. accidents. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, well, do you ever rewatch your concerts as well, like just to kind of like try to improve to the next one, or do you ever rewatch yourself? Is that cathartic, I, or is that hard to do?
2: I don't like doing it. Um, yeah. A lot of a lot of actors don't like to evaluate mm-hmm. themselves on film or whatever, but um, I. I usually only review things um, when I'm uh, going through footage to look for things that to use for promo reels or su- stuff like that, mm-hmm. but I don't enjoy right. it. So it's hard to watch.
0: I know I um, don't either.
2: <laughs> I'm, I'm a little hard on myself, but and I've learned through experience that it's better to just sort whatever you've done to just let it go and, 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 and learn. I can feel ways that mm-hmm. I could be better without having to look at the footage because I kind of have enough experience in front of a camera now that, that I kind of know, okay, I'll, I'll like I'll turn it a little bit this way or whatever to get a better angle or whatever. Those sort of things, I just apply it the next time around and Absolutely. let
0: it go. Yeah, well, Katie O'Toole told us the, the best story about you. I'm not sure if we told you last time we talked, um, but when you went back Maybe. for your Broadway run, uh, do you ever when So she went to give you about like 10 different notes and you were, you were stretching and you were, it was in your dressing room and you're just like, okay, I got it. And she's like, are you sure? Are you good? And you're like, yeah, I got it. And then you went on stage and you applied all 10 of her notes. Implemented
2: every single one. No problem. Maybe that was just lucky. (laughs) I mean, um, I don't, you know, I remember very, very early on when I was started first starting out and doing some early shows and there were some actors who would always have an excuse, you know, when they were given a note and then some of the directors would just be like, take the note, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I learned through watching that, just take the note. And that doesn't necessarily mean you agree or that you then do it. You know, mm-hmm. the, there's always, I'm glad that I took all the notes from Katie, but there's always the, the actor ultimately has some power too. So it, you can always pretend not to understand, or you can like, you know and some people get fired for that and and right. sometimes they deserve to be you know so but i um but i didn't ever have to just just because someone has an opinion doesn't mean that you have to agree but if it's your job to do things the way that they're you know staged or whatever which it is in a long running show you know you even someone who originated can forget or the show like uh, evolved and like when i went back in it that was five years later that Katie was involved and so the things had evolved and I have to say okay well this is a little bit of a different animal now it's my job to fit into the way that this machine Mm -hmm. is even if it's different than the machine we built in the beginning you know it's like a different different version of the first car you know it's it's, right you know has some like some gears that work a little differently Mm -hmm. so but Katie was also easy to work with because she's respectful and competent and not everyone is
3: well, you know, not everyone is and,
2: and and some people you know mm-hmm. willful people and that there's a reason that I played Frankie well is that some willful people uh, like me um you know have a hard time uh, being told what to do but mm-hmm. but some people are easier to hear than others and some people and some people and it's and that's not even the suffering fools smart people mm. sometimes have hard time suffering fools and sometimes people like have dumb opinions and you have to like, but they have authority. And so you have to kind of like suck it up and
0: mm-hmm.
2: pretend to agree or just at least nod
0: <laughs> and yes. not agree,
2: but private, you know, in your uh, mind.
0: I feel like that's life in, in our twenties. I think David and I were going through that big time, you know, cause we're definitely in that part where like, we don't want to be told what to do, but of course we take the suggestions and we try things but it's great when you're playing different roles. Like if I'm directing something or if David's writing something, you know, that's like our baby. But when we're actors, I, I tell, tell me I'm a sponge. Just tell me what to do. I, I like having those different, different hats there. But it's hard. And, and, like
2: it's, it's you know, older people, sometimes they, they, you know, sometimes you can't see when you're younger mm-hmm. um, because you haven't had the experience, you know, cause it's ahead of you. You, you can't see how the experience can make the person that's older, right? And, and you it's almost like that parent and child thing where you, the parent has to let their kids make the mistakes for themselves to learn mm-hmm. from. It gets yeah. a little trickier when you're someone's employee. The thing is, though, no star or really fantastic entity in a big show mm-hmm. thinks of themselves as just an employee. It, you can't be a star and stand out and think of yourself as just someone who's supposed to obey Obeisance mm-hmm. is the opposite of art art artistry Ooh, so great you know quote. so um so you have to it gets a little dicey
0: particularly for jersey boys because everything is just a parallel to what the band went been through and i thought you were saying before about fallen angel and how it gave a new life to that song and to all of the songs something that i didn't realize until a few months ago i think it was right before we met you the first time is that this multi like billion dollar show right like is is all based on a band that never won a grammy isn't that unbelievable no of course they're one isn't of the greatest bands of all time yes so strange. isn't it
2: strange that bob gaudio's one career grammy was john lloyd young singing songs <laughs> right. and it's i know it's uncomfortable for all of them i mean no one wanted mm. that to happen i was just hired to help lionize them you know it's i wasn't supposed to have stuff happen for myself you know but that's the tricky thing you want you want you want young guys to like play you and and to and to burnish your legacy you have to kind of accept that one
1: more question from one of your amazing fans amy blaine pank so she so you have a new cd coming she wants to know do you have a release date and was there a song that was particularly challenging to find the sound that you and
2: tommy wanted Um, well, we, (laughs) there's, there's no release date yet because it's going to clearly, I'm going to have to just do it independently, which is, you know, be nice Mm -hmm. if there were some sort of like, uh, angel who came in and was like, here, I'm going to distribute and throws it, but I'm going to have to do it independently. I mean, if I want it Mm -hmm. to come out on my timeline, so, um, it's almost done doing final mixes and then I'll take it to be mastered. And then I have to figure out how to package it because we overcut, but the but the overcuts are like really good. So I could potentially have two albums in the can. Um, I want to go, I want to lead first with the album that has um, originals on it because I, uh, we still do the covers and stuff, but I would say that the challenging, well, one of my originals is, um, was really challenging because just something wasn't working right in it. And um, in it, was just a matter of bringing the the key up so that more of the vocal is in sort of like a marvin Gaye kind of uh, um, a falsetto area that it was a little it wasn't i was doing it live you know like workshopping it in my live shows and it just it wasn't they were liking it but it wasn't feeling right for me and finally that just a key change what kind of solidified Mm it yeah yeah wow well, we can't so that'll be. We I mean, that's a, that's one of the everything. originals on the album. So it's a you know, it's it's coming. Yeah. I know it's been coming for a long time, but also like I think that COVID is a very understandable monkey wrench that was thrown yes. into whatever yeah. was percolating. So of course,
0: how long have we'll, you been working? We'll get on there.
2: It? We recorded it. We had to record the instrumentals like two years ago, um, only because mm. the the band actually since won a Grammy. They're the same band that backs um, uh, Elvis Costello, and they were about okay. to go back on the road with him. So I wasn't necessarily ready oh, to record the okay. album, but we want, we had the band together. They were all in LA. So we at least we got the tracks down with the band before they went back on the road with um, Elvis Costello. And then in the meantime, they won a Grammy for his latest album. So that's pretty great. So I have Grammy winning band on on my uh, yet to be released album um amazing so then and then you know of course like what's that so we, the last year and a half we had covid so right and uh you know look, what are they slow and steady wins the race yeah i'm gonna win anything but it, if if, <laughs> t- if releasing it is winning then that you know the race is almost right. over
0: well it's a slow burn and timing is everything, but we cannot wait until that comes yeah. out. And so thank you, we'll thank soon. you, Amy.
2: Thank you, Amy, for
1: that wonderful question. And uh thank you so much again, John, thank for coming you, John. on.
3: Pleasure, man.
2: Yeah, it was fun to see fun to see all of you. And uh and again so what where so what's the takeaway here? I mean, in terms Guys. of what's impending, right? July ninth, yes.
1: July 9th. July 9th, 7 p.m. Pacific.
2: Mm-hmm. If you're gonna see this one. And I guess we'll do it somewhere down the line. But if you want to see this solid gold, yeah, you know, yeah. you either watch it in real time or you miss it. We're not doing it on, um, we're not doing on demand this time. So No on
1: right. demand. So you True better, me. you better so get, get your get popcorn your ready. Yes. And, and John is
0: all about you wearing whatever you want and make it a party. So if you want to be like me and have a Jersey Boys disco type yeah. dress, you right. can do that.
3: <laughs> you want to, wear your, pajamas, to everyone. wear your pajamas,
0: wear your pajamas. <laughs> you want i go to the space lv.com and you can buy your tickets there if you if you're going to be in vegas you can buy your actual tickets to attend the show there or you can buy the streaming online too it's thirty dollars for the ticket and a hundred dollars if you want to have the of course the actual concert and the meet and greet afterwards so um
1: Go, go to I'm Vegas your for t- your health and to see John Yes, <laughs> I'm going
2: to see you in New York. For your York. health, yeah. That's the good, That's going to be their new their new uh thing to get people to go there. Go,
3: come here <laughs> for your health, I'm and gonna, we'll take
2: all your money. Yeah,
3: I'm going to see you in New York in January.
2: Last week of January, I'll be at 54 Below, Feinstein's 54 Below. And my concept for that week is because of all of these live streams that I've been doing, and each one has been a different... A, a different set list, a different theme, a different, whatever promising, a different kind of music. Um, I have six shows at the end of January and each one is going to be a different set. So it's hey, going to be like,
3: wow. going to be very
2: Vegas inspired because it's going to be like set list roulette. You don't know what you're going to get. Yeah. Any particular night. So, you know, for some of you, how you know, make a week of it and you you'll get six different shows in six different nights
1: well we will be there for us, it was two out of three <laughs> <laughs> we can't wait to meet you in person john in january and and for now we'll have to stick to the screen and we'll see you we'll see you at your concert man we'll see you john. great well i'll
2: be thinking of you and howard i'll be in the back of my mind i'll be thinking okay howard's gonna like this one and howard's gonna know that this one was number 4 uh but like again <laughs> before because because you can take the guy out of accounting but you can't take accounting out of the guy i mean
3: there you, go. you there know go. your not, mind is like a vice <laughs> in think. january certainly if not before and um I, this was such a treat it really was um you know thanks to
2: all of you it's it's and, uh um, you know I, be I, well enjoy enjoy gave, the weekend and
3: you gave, you gave thanks, me John, a wonderful, and it's a couple months late but you gave me a wonderful 70th birthday gift so thank you all right uh,
2: get blessings to you and i look forward to seeing you all of you in person um now that we can do it so it'll be before we know it
0: yes, yes. happy for, well, happy, happy birthday, birthday. Thanks. Cheers. A salute.
2: Bye. Bye, John.
3: Thank you, John. Bye. Good night.